Okay. This is the point where we find out that we have no idea what we want to do. <laughs> we knew that before we started. Welcome to World Walkers, History Keepers, a deep dive episode created by some of the most knowledgeable listeners in the World Walkers community. Hosted by Dadawal, Kalobi, and guest starring Nathan from World Walkers, this episode talks about the many mysteries concerning the gnomes of Cog. The three of them dig into who they were, what might have happened to them, and even share some of their favorite theories from around the World Walkers community. Along the way, they discuss many other aspects of the World Walkers universe. See if you can keep up as we listen in on some of the deepest lore talk we've ever heard. A few things to note before we listen in, though. Short of one note somewhere in the show, I'm not in this episode. This was the brainchild, and it was hosted completely by Dadawal and Kalobi. I just came in and edited. I wasn't even there when they recorded. Second, I want to give the heads up that there's a bit of an audio issue, but I want to stress that this was not the fault of anyone. Rather, I want to explain that I've determined this is an issue with Zencaster, the service we use. In fact, right before I recorded this, just like right before, I had sent an email to Zencaster explaining my problem, and they sent me a response just now that is absolute garbage, and I have no problem warning all of you don't use them. They have cost us two audio podcasts now. So, Zencaster, why not know? I apologize for that issue, but I think this episode is well worth the listen. Lastly, I, I want to say how absolutely humbling this was to listen for me. It's like it's one thing to put the podcast out there, and it's amazing to have the support and community that we have. Guys, it's a whole nother thing to hear people talk about and discuss these games that me and my friends have been playing in for a while. I, I actually called Nathan after I edited this, and I was like, can you believe people are talking about this stupid game we've been playing? Like, it's insane. It's one of the most amazing, meaningful things that have happened in my life. I'm so thankful for all of you, and it's, it's wonderful, and it's kind of vindicating, like, you know, you don't know when you're making something, if you're just being crazy, if you're being like uh, egotistical, like why would anyone want to listen to the stuff I make? Um, you should always make what you want to make and share what you want to share. But sometimes when you're hanging out, when you're doing your thing, you have doubts, you don't know. Listening to this and like finding out the level to which people like listen and they care, it's it's just amazing. I can't thank you guys enough. I can't thank Data and Kalobi enough. I can't thank Nathan for help starting all I don't know. I'm gonna babble on forever. I just wanna say thank you and it means the world to me. And I think with all that out of the way, let's jump in. Should we introduce ourselves? Uh, fine. Okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nathan. I play Vernon, and I've played other people too. I'm here to talk about crazy conspiracies tonight. Hey, I'm Dadawal. I usually play in the B and C and B teams that you don't normally hear about. I'm Kalobi. I also play in fewer of those teams than Data does. 
and I play a character that's basically what we're doing right now, which is crazy lore. I think we already mentioned we're going to talk about gnomes today. What are the facts? What have they done? Oh, and we're doing the gnomes from Cog. Yeah. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure in some of the episodes when there has been discussions about history, uh, it is always said that the gnomes were the technological leaders on Cog. And then sort of one day they disappeared. And ever since that point, the dwarves have been at the technological for- forefront. Uh, I don't know if it was like an immediate thing like they disappeared and the next day the dwarves are like hey guys look at us but what i seem to remember from i think it was the lexstar lore episode on a cog is that the gnomes were both magical and technological innovators there they basically had a group in the west that was tech and a group in the east that was magic and then and the eastern ones passed their knowledge on to kadim and the western ones to the dwarves before the gnomes the phrase that's always used is left. The gnomes left Korg and entrusted the dwarves with their tech secrets and the uh, and Kadim with their magical secrets. That's, that's I that think, what right. Lexter said back then. And there's a third uh, thing they left behind. They wrote the formula for firearms. Did they? Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah, man, that makes me think it's the dwarves even more. I, I got to overhear Pedro talk about it once, so bear with me, just, uh, there was, like, a panel of no. they all split into groups, they all troubleshoot, like, okay, what's gonna happen if we use this technology? And they all came back and said, no, this is a bad idea. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, I still think, it, it just always makes me think that the dwarves, um, kidnapped them, so to speak, and buried them in the cellar as deep as possible. Where is it? The mountain? Because they're keeping something in the mountain. Yeah, they and you know, you only you only get in there if you're a prisoner, and then once obviously if you're a prisoner, there's no way to to explore it. Um but it seems like it would be very convenient for them to keep the gnomes there because when you run into problems with tech that's not yours, you just go and ask the guys who invented it. What do we know about the timeline? I seem to remember the number 600 years floating around in my head somewhere, but I don't know what from. And we know that some of the firearm stuff must have been about a thousand years ago because that's the reason Tompkins and Eleanor left COG. Right. I am ashamed to say I know very little of the timeline. Because the uh, the noble uh, families of Hollum had gathered the formulas and were going to hire some craftsmen to work it out. But Eleanor, like, nope. And she either destroyed it or stole what she could when she left with Tompkins. So had the gnomes already left at that point? Do we know that? Yes. Okay, we don't know for certain. I'm just guessing because Pedro said that the panel they did was kind of one of the last things they did. About the cellar theory, do we remember if there was a door at the other end of the hallway down in the cellar where uh, Tin and Roboto were kept? Well, there was another door, but that's in Cosmic. You know how uh, there's the Brotherhood of Brass and Steel? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, there's also the Brotherhood of the Mountain, mm-hmm. which is their home community. Mm-hmm. They're the big union. Not a union. Uh, never mind. That's going to be a rabbit hole on its own. Oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and the presence of the Brotherhood of Iron and Kosnik to that level is fairly recent because that happened, uh, that started happening during the war between the war in the east, the war between Beltros and Dormineer? A little before, because uh, we heard uh, in uh, The Raven and... The Raven and the Crow. Uh, we heard that uh, the other Brotherhoods had been setting up in the other cities, and now they wanted to set up in Falas. Yeah, but at that point we heard that the Brotherhood of Iron was getting close with the government in Cosnic. They hadn't replaced it yet. So we can assume that the cellar is probably slightly younger. Right. So if the dwarves have the gnomes captured somewhere, it would probably be the mountain. But the problem with that theory, I think, is the magic side of it. Because I think all of the gnomes left at the same time. And did the dwarves and Kadim each capture half of the gnomes? Uh, I would think... If I had to guess, since Kadim was ravaged, I would think that a lot of the gnomes disappeared when Kadim was destroyed. Like, well, not disappeared, but probably died. If they were still in Kadim, yeah, that's a possibility. But again, that would have been gnomes hiding in Kadim for centuries. What better place to hide? Here's something interesting. Back when the Wednesday group was playing on Menroth, we found a gauntlet that allowed us to pull and push metal. Hmm. And its design was simple enough that each of our characters were able to work out how to do it. And the only thing left with it was a book saying something about Krog. Hmm. So it's very clearly, like, there's enough parallels that this is very likely dwarf gnome, like, this is gnome tech. Mm-hmm. But the question is, was this a prototype? Yeah, I think I think it's been implied at least that a lot of the complicatedness of uh, steam tech, like the way the steam lifts are operated and so on, is deliberately obfuscated so that people don't figure it out. Yeah, that's that's definitely correct. They have made it needlessly complicated. That's a really good way to put it. But then how did a over a thousand years old gauntlet make it to Menroth. Oh, there's lots of ways that that could have happened. I mean, even beyond world hopping adventures, there's always people like the nomad who go wherever they want, whenever they want. Maybe, maybe a nomad had it made a barter or sold it to someone. And then that person lost it along the way. Yeah. That tends to happen. It happens a lot. (laughs) I mean, it could also be that Manroth is where the gnomes went. You mean the history keepers? Possibly. I th- I don't know how long the history keepers have been around. Always. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> quite literally, in all of written history, they've been there. Well, they were there... I mean, in in real-life terms, they were there 10 or 15 years ago when we had a campaign where we had to deal with them. You had to deal with them? We actually 
this and this may start a whole other tangent. We actually had to uh, we made a bargain with them to actually change history. You have probably heard of um, the, like there was a statue to Adrasis in the museum in Janzibar. Mm-hmm. At one point, Adrasis was um, still regarded by the people kindly, but he was sort of an overlord on Menroth. He got a hold of a very powerful magic item, and uh, he himself was a bit of a hack as far as being a sorcerer goes. So he used the magical item to gain immense power and... Uh, I don't remember which city it was, but he walled, he put a magical dome over a city that he ruled. Um, and by all accounts, he was, he was a good ruler. Uh, but he, he totally changed the entire face of the world um, to fit his desires. And so our group being the group that lost the deck of many things that gave him the power, uh, we, we reformed after a time and hunted him down and took care of that business. Do you know how long ago in universe that was? Because I seem to remember that most of the worlds except for Cog weren't played over a huge time span. Like I think at some point Pedro mentioned that the Kronos campaign happened ten years ago in universe. Well um as far as in-game time goes, I would say it was within less than half of a human lifespan because my, my character was a human sorcerer that helped lose the deck and then helped take down Adrasis later. Although I do know that I think particularly with Cog, there have been a few points where he has moved time forward and that is not always in short periods. It I don't want to say he's moving past ages or eons or anything crazy like that, but I do think that there's been once or twice where he has moved forward a large chunk of years. But don't quote me on that because I, I could be wrong. No, he's de- he's definitely mentioned that that basically on Cog he tends to play for a while in a period and then make a bigger time jump. Oh, I was going to say I don't know really what the time frame of Cog is in comparison to the other worlds either. I don't, you know. If they all had a base point zero that we could line them up at, I don't know where everybody would fall on a timeline. I don't think they do. Because as Pedro's mentioned, there's usually always at least... There were a lot of worlds, and now there are not. And I think you mentioned that you actually have seen one of the seven disappear, and a new one showed up. I'm not 100% sure if the world that I destroyed was one of the seven, but if I remember correctly, it was. And then, but there's always the seven core worlds. So once one goes away, um, I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's an instant replacement, but something will take its place eventually. I mean, if it was an instant replacement, wouldn't Rolanas have been replaced instead of? It was about to several times. Rolanas may be the only one, um, since since it's a storybook and. There were a handful of uh, beings from Rolanus that were still alive. Uh, in sort of a storybook meta sense, Rolanus was still alive in their hearts, so maybe Rolanus was never truly destroyed. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, the sigil was still there, right? At the church? Yes. Yes, it was the only thing left. Anything that stepped outside of the church began 
disappearing, losing pieces of themselves. Like, you'd lose a bit of your color, you'd lose some of your ability to express emotions, your feelings, some abilities. So, uh, that was an emergency situation that, uh, Callie, who was playing the, uh, Mousefolk Bard, was able to get us out of. Yeah, and we talked about timelines. I think we know that, uh, the gathering of, or the attempted gathering of the firearm knowledge by Pollum was... 900 uh, or so years ago. Yeah, it was, uh... A few decades before the construction of Ozen Tower on Relanus. Right. If we assume that Tompkins ages at a normal halfling speed, which since I don't think he does. Yeah, since he's not really a normal halfling, that's yeah. Well, yeah, that's hard to say too. I think he considers himself, you know, thousand or hundred, at least hundreds of years old. But who knows what that what it really is? He seems very forgetful too. But most of that was spelt in the spent in the dreaming. A lot of it was spent with the dreaming, sure. And but he also had a lot of it spent with his parents before he met Eleanor. Like he was with his parents, then he had a life, and then he met Eleanor, and then there was another nine hundred years after that. Although he was a child when he met Vasa in Tremessa, or whatever Tremessa's name was back then, I think Majodi or something. And I think that city was still in the gray when the World Walkers showed up at Ozen Tower. Although Obrimos is always difficult when it comes to timelines, obviously. Just because it didn't happen doesn't mean it didn't happen. <laughs> I... I th- this would be very good for putting a timeline on it, but I guess we can't really do that with the gnomes, apart from they invented firearms way before 900 years ago. A little over 900 years ago, Hollum found the uh, some of the gnome notes that had been hidden away, but not destroyed. And that's when they left. And do then... Do you know why Hollum didn't manage to put the knowledge together after all? Eleanor was going to secede as the uh, head of the families. So she had the authority to kind of influence when things got started. My question is, where were they finding these pieces? No, no, I'm sorry. We're actually getting off topic, I think. Focus on the gnomes. (laughs) Where did they go? I like Nate's uh, theory of them being in uh, contact. In the mountain. So, you guys, I, I don't, uh, you guys know way more about this than I do, but you said that the gnomes, you're, you're projecting that the gnomes invented firearms 900 plus years ago. Um, they invented the formula. The formula. But that mean I mean, they invented it and no one used it until Colbin Flinthammer decided to do something with it so they had this Uh, somebody gave it to colvin flinthammer they said that they were tired of hiding it and then that was the last we saw of that person there's a bonus episode of uh, callie playing nova and brian russell of the underfold comics uh playing connor rath getting to look at that exploring that history it was one of the chronicles See, that's that's 
part of my lack of knowledge is my fault. I listen to a lot of this stuff at work, so I can only half pay attention to it. We definitely know that the firearm knowledge has been around that long because of uh, the events when the World Walkers met Tompkins and Eleanor at Ozen Tower. Uh, Eleanor seemed to recognize the firearms and we learned, I think, in Harlem that Eleanor, or in combination with what we learned in Harlem, that that was the reason Eleanor left. Because she... Because the rest of Harlem wanted to put those formulas back together and Eleanor didn't. Right. I'm not sure where the knowledge that the gnomes are the ones who invented that formula comes from. Uh, like most of my sources, I don't know either. <laughs> I think it was just talking to Pedro, but, uh... Well, even if, even if we said that they didn't invent firearms, they were still the leaders of all the other technologies, so it, it's not hard to think that they would have also invented firearms. It's kind of hard to believe that the dwarves would have done it if if we're following the line of thought that the dwarves stole all of the technology from the dwar or from the gnomes, I seriously doubt that they invented firearms. Right. Nate, there's something I want to ask. Mm -hmm. I overheard Callie talking about a floating city of gnomes. Do you have any oh, idea yeah. what that might be? A floating city of gnomes. I also uh, remember her mentioning that on Cog. No, I do not necessarily know. I only know of two things that float. Uh, like aside from airships, I only know of two things that float in all of the worlds, and one of them's the Dark Island, and then there's the uh, the magical towers. Maybe that's what she meant. But we don't know. No one knows what's up there because no one's been to the towers. I think it might have been some sort of tower. I seem to vaguely remember this. Okay. I mean, I vaguely remember. Kelly mentioning something that may have been a tower. I'm good, just as long as somebody can say, like, oh yeah, I've heard of that too. Like, okay, great. Not entirely crazy. Not helpful, but not crazy. I mean, it is always possible that what I remember is you mentioning this at some other time. No, there there are definitely floating magical towers. Um, and that that's actually one thing uh, early on when he first started talking about doing Chronicles, that was one thing I was pushing for as a Chronicle was to learn more about the towers. Oh, um, but that means we have to send players up there. Yeah. It's the best way to learn stuff. <laughs> it is, but it doesn't always end up well for the players. Oh, no. Well, that's okay, though. A bad ending is still an ending. What do we know about the gnomes and Kadem? I think pretty much only that the gnomes were also the innovators of magic, and I think a group of gnomes traveled to the east and taught their magical knowledge there. In the World Walker's cog, the wizard that invented, created, responsible for the forged. Yes, Lexter. Lexter. He was using a book to cast magic because he can't anymore. Yes. I uh, think that may have been just a book that he wrote. Okay, and I just pulled up campaign guides. Here's a version that says, the gnomes of Korg have left their world and are not available for play. Where they went and why is a mystery yet to be solved. But yet again, it solved. uses the phrase left their world. 
Yeah. But I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not convinced that that means that they actually left. Yeah, they might have left yes. the face of Cog, but maybe they're in a tower. Or they might be in the subterranean uh, cavern that somebody found with a door, but then handed it over to the druids because they were dumb and bad at making deals. <laughs> I think there was a theory at some point that they might have something to do with the forge. That was Brian. He thought the... Uh, the souls of the gnomes had been put into the uh, into the forest, but I actually think he thought that was the elves because the, when the elves died is also the same time when the forged were born, or at least gained um, their own minds. And Sanctuary's right hand was named Corin, and she was a very sweet, very scatterbrained individual, a very scatterbrained forged, and then. Uh, in the Raven and the Crow, we see another Corin with a very, very similar personality. Who was an elf? Yes, I think he had the gnome's theory before the Raven and the Crow was released and then switched over to the elf's theory. Yeah. Which I'm also very certain that the creation of the Forge has something to do with the Dreaming Tree and its representation in the wilds. That is, that is also probably true. The wild was nice. That would be a good one to call Kelly in on. She has a little bit of knowledge about the, uh, or the, the forge. Yeah, there, there's stuff that's going on in the wild. She knows a little bit about that. I know absolutely nothing about that. Yeah, I cos- originally constructed the theory based on very little information. Basically, the source of the forge is in the wilds, and. There's a representation of the of the dreaming tree in the wilds, and when I learned that second thing at the beginning of season five, I thought, hmm, maybe those are connected. And then, several months later, we found out that all forged were lucid dreamers, and uh, the nightmares were entering through a forged, and that pretty much confirmed that theory for me. There's definitely something there, but I don't know how much lore is actually out there and how far that can really be explored. There's a lot of lore. Well, there's a lot of lore, but I don't know how much of it deals with the Forged and their creation and their link to the elves and a possible link to the Dreaming Tree. I had the privilege of getting to hear a little bit about the wilds on Cog. Pedro uh, set up like a several month adventure for the rest of the party, but that didn't end up happening. And my character was just kind of volunteered to the uh, Talon. So I got a quick little blurb of like, here are the key events that you guys would have experienced if you had done this. Mm. And I don't think any of it dealt with the Forged. So I think my information and Callie's is separate. But the Wild seems to also be the entire Southern Hemisphere of Cog. The, yeah, the Wilds is anything that's not the part of Cog that we generally play in. But there's nothing saying that the Wilds isn't settled. It's just not, uh, allegedly, it's not as civilized as the rest of Cog. And I don't know if it's an entire hemisphere. I think it's the southern part of the main continent. We don't know about any other continents on Cog, which is on most of the worlds. I feel like we only know about one continent, the main exception being Manroth. Menroth, you hear about two continents, but that's still 
There's the Lost Continent, Candice Parlith, and possibly the Dark Island, but that's like the Australia continent. Yeah, the Dark Island, I, I suppose that's its own continent, but it is rather small. Yeah, but there is, what's the third one? Is it Aralim? I think that's the third continent. I can tell you a little bit about that continent real quick. Yes, please. Uh, the Menroth group, the same one that found the Gauntlet of Krog, also happened upon an amulet of many worlds and decided to play with it. And there's a random chance of going to, like you go to another world, but then which continent you land on is also random. One of the times they landed on the continent, their flesh began burning off. Hmm. Maybe not so much burning off as much as drying out and decaying, something like that. Hmm. It was not a pleasant experience. They they tried to make the check to just get anywhere except where they were. Quick editor's note. What data is describing here? Uh, it did happen, but they weren't on RLM. They were somewhere else on Menroth. Anyway, I'm getting back out of the way. Uh, enjoy. So we have the theory that they are held prisoner by the dwarves. The whole in that theory is what about the magical gnomes? We have the theory that, or we have the possibility that they actually left Cog, which would probably mean that they are on another world. That might be Manroth, since some technology has shown up there, apparently. You know what other world has airships? Innovasa. Innovasa seems to be technologically fairly advanced from the very little information we have about it. They do, it's a bureaucracy though. I don't know that I've ever I don't know that I don't think I know anything really about Innovasa. All I know is what's in the campaign guide, but what's in the campaign guide is already very interesting because Innovasa apparently has the Proctor Travel Company, mm. which is also a thing on COG. They also have the Syndicate, which is also on COG. They also have NPCs with uh, steam-powered technology who know a lot about COG. Hmm. Does it have gnomes? I didn't see any. It was almost exclusively humans on, like, exclusively humans on Innovasa. Lack of any other race. But I also only saw one city. I mean, there is also a form of forged. There is. But I didn't see any of those in the city either. But Innovasa is certainly a very, very good possibility as well if they left. Technology on Obrimos is also at least advanced enough that they have pocket watches. Hmm, really? Uh, there are some mages that can use pocket watches as a casting focus. Yeah, but there's also just uh, pocket watches on there. Robosh had pocket watches. And they also had a forged. Although I think the... I think we know a bit about the history of the gnomes on Obrimos. I think that they're a version of the fae from previous ages of Obrimos. And they call themselves the Gnomore. Yes, and that turned into the word gnome. Yep. Although that could just be their cover story. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe those are actually the gnomes from Korg, and they showed up and claimed to be fae. You mean like that's where the magic gnomes went? Maybe. 
like they saw the uh, the mechanical gnomes, the engineers being like captured in prison. It's like we out. Possibly. Yeah, I I got nothing. You guys, like I said, you guys are uh, way more knowledgeable about a lot of this than me. I huh? Does that surprise you? Yes. Just because I've been playing with him my whole life doesn't mean I listen to him ever. I'm sure he'll love to hear that in the playback. <laughs> you know, I would really like to have a player just go to History Keepers and just say, let me read some of your books, please. Uh, that's not going to happen. I know. I know it won't. We've tried it. It just. I mean, I definitely have a character who's tried that, but that's in the backstory, and I don't know if she succeeded. She might have also tried not asking. She has a very fun magical item that I haven't used yet, which allows you to create a door in any wall. I have good news for you and bad news. Uh, I have a Horizon Walker who was uh, given the option of like, hey, we're going to bend the rules a little bit, uh, but if you're not going to play it nicely, here's the door someplace. We're not going to tell you where, just it, it leads away from the tower. Uh, my horizon walked walk through it, and we never heard anything about this character again. Interesting. They are very secretive and protective of their stuff. Very protective. Yeah, I believe in our uh, very brief dealings with them. It, it took a good bit of convincing. Um, we didn't even get them to alter a book, because as you probably know, once it's written, it's done we were just able to get them to not record things for a little while to give us a little flexibility. That so, is ex- that is very exciting me and very smart. Yeah, it it well it took a good bit of convincing and sweet talking and everything else. It was the whole thing was it was all pretty tense because yeah, it was just all pretty tense. He was Adrasus was not not great. But then by the time we went back to deal with him, he was uh, incredibly powerful, and we were pretty lucky. On the topic of history keepers, Zell, the guardian of Rolanus, was a history keeper, but he was not a gnome. Hmm. He was, was he a history keeper in that way, that the history he wrote down? He was supposed to be a history keeper of Arcadia. But uh, from my observation, they said that uh, he'd been taking the notes all wrong and that they would have to be changed because he would include other details that weren't related to Arcadia because he was on Rolanus. So the history keepers on Manroth only write down the history of the continents on the surface? That's a good question. No, he's he was supposed to be recording Arcadia, just he wasn't on Arcadia, he was on Rolanus. So I don't think the gnomes are on Rolanus. Or if they were, they're not anymore. Cause we didn't save any gnomes from Rolanus. But Rolanus had gnomes, right? I mean in one of the old five E guides there uh they have mechanics, at least. Although this is post-destruction of Rolanus, because it says gnomes from the Lost World were wildly intelligent and so on, but it has 
like five E rules for playing them. And isn't um Shannon's character, I'm a Tristana, isn't she from Rolanas? I, I don't know if any of it has really made it into outtakes or anything, but joking with us at the table, she has uh, sort of said that Tristana has been on many, many worlds. Uh, I don't know how much of that um, works for Pedro's setting or if it's just her sort of taking creative license with her with her own backstory. Yeah, I know that she, I think in character, she claimed to be from Obrimos. Definitely. And the the door when she entered the tavern at the end of Dreams was sort of, it seemed like a weird mixture between what the doors of Obrimos and Korg usually look like, because it had like the different parts from different time periods that the Obrimos door had when Brummelstone entered, and I think she also had the gray mists outside, but there were also a bunch of gears and stuff. That is all correct. And not really anything representing Ralanas. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Feels like everything that we bring up just makes more questions. But I guess that's what conspiracy theories are for, right? Like, if we only had the evidence to go off of, they disappeared 900 plus years ago. That's not a lot to go off of. Does Pesmos have gnomes? Uh, yes. Yes, they do, in fact. Uh, they're the engineers for the last haven on Pasmos. Sanctuary. <laughs> no, not sanctuary. Haven. The city's called Haven. I think that's the only world I haven't played on. Don't. It's fun, but it's just... It's, 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 it's a wild ride. I love that Pedro only got you guys to play on Pesmos by not telling you what world you're playing on. Man. Well, yeah, if we had known, we like immediately we like we it would not have gone as it would not have gone along if we had known it was Pesmos. <sighs> so yeah, I don't think the gnomes are on Pesmos either, but there's a lot about Pesmos that's still obscured and in mystery and. The demon actively tries to enforce that secrecy. I really like the idea that if they did pack up and leave Cog, I like the idea of them going to to Menroth. But I don't, I don't know if that's really what happened. But it sounds nice. I think the only one of the seven worlds we haven't talked about is Sanctuary, and I think the gnomes are on Sanctuary is just code for. The gnomes have died. Yes. I think you are correct. I don't think... Like, we've joked about playing on Sanctuary, but I don't think I've ever seen Sanctuary. I, de I definitely haven't. No, I think the main things we know about Sanctuary is that it can't be reached by normal means. <laughs> which uh, was mentioned when uh, they talked about the founding of the Dreamwalkers and uh, the King of Dreams listed the different reasons why Brummelstone couldn't establish Dreamwalkers on every world. And I think he said that Sanctuary can't be reached by normal means. And we know its symbol is uh, islands chained together, yeah. which is I think the symbol on the shield of the seventh, right? Yeah. And I... I assume that the seventh in that refers to sanctuary. 
and is linked to Gasper, who also has a 10th level spell called uh, Chains of Sanctuary. Maybe it's a 9th level spell. But it holds somebody in kind of a suspended animation where they're not a part of reality. Did that happen to one of you? Yes. Wow. One of us was walking around with a fistful of nightmare in their hand, and the only thing keeping it from getting out was keeping their hand closed. Which game was this in? This was the Rolanus game. Have the heroes met Gasper yet? They have. It's Gasper's the one that put them on other worlds. Like, Gasper was trying to say, like, no, no, you guys should deal with the dragon. And then the heroes were like, no, we got this. We'll, we'll, go, uh, we'll go find your buddies. So the gnomes are probably not on Rolanus, probably not on Pasmos. Might be on Menroth, Babrimos, Sanctuary. Or in Ovasa. Or in Ovasa. Or still on Cog, captured somewhere. I'm sticking with Cog because it fits my narrative better. <laughs> That's I fair. also like uh, Shannon's theory that they clean the cities <laughs> of Cog at night. Yeah, they only come out at night to clean. That's pretty hilarious. I, I love that character so much. I, it's sad that that game didn't continue. Which game? Uh, the the failed start of Cog Season 2, which we got two episodes of, where Shannon was playing a conspiracy theorist half-elf. Ooh, I'll have to re-listen to that. Because here's something else I want to ask. Not every gnome in the World Walkers universe has the ability to to turn invisible. No, I think that's specific to... Menroth. And even there are only one of the groups, I think. Hmm. How, how do you know that only one could do it? That's fair. Maybe the gnomes on Cog just all went invisible permanently. <laughs> They're just hanging out. Nobody sees them. Every time you stub your toe, you just kicked a gnome. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we look at the History Keepers as an example... The history keepers see everything, and they're writing down everything. They have the ability to, they could, in fact, share what they know and change things for the better, but they think that would kind of, it would be too easy. If they do it once, it becomes so easy to just start changing things, and it won't always be for the better. Sometimes it will be for their own interest. Okay, in uh, the Pathfinder version, only the gnomes of Hobbsborn can turn invisible. In uh, the 5e version, it was all of the gnomes of Manroth. It was just one sub-race at that point. It's two different Manroth gnome heritages in Pathfinder. One for, like, Candace in general, and one for Hobbsborn. Well, I was also wondering if the Gnomes were still on COG. Would they also have abstained from being involved anymore because they know what's going to happen, but they don't want to... Well, I would think that if they invented firearm technology 900 plus years ago, and then they saw in a more current time frame how people were abusing firearm technology i find it hard to believe that they would let it continue since they wanted to keep it hidden to begin with how would they stop it though well that's a good question i mean 
the technology gnomes are currently in the bottom of a mountain, so mm-hmm. that makes it a little harder. Wait, who the one who started, or uh, who was the reason that uh, gunslinging was kept limited at all? The one who convinced the other ones to Benjamin Manley was Benjamin Manley. Dis- disguise spells are a thing. Maybe Benjamin Manley is a gnome. <laughs> no, he was also a noble. Fa- he was a part of the noble family, not the royal family, but just the noble. I mean, he could have been replaced. It's true. They had a doppelganger. This is a conspiracy theorist, after all. Yeah, when you're talking about replacing things, that makes me think doppelganger, not not gnome. And they already did have a doppelganger as their uh, who they had hoped to make their lead assassin. Maybe the elves are the forged and the gnomes are the doppelgangers. Ooh. 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 I like that. That's good. And they had the the doppelgangers long before they forged. A long time. Yeah, I'm not I don't really know what the timeline on the doppelgangers is. I don't either. I thought they were also created during the war, but I th- I wanna say that you're correct on that. I think that they were the um they were the magical creation. That was like the the magic user's trump card was they created doppelgangers where the others created the forge. No, that was, that was, that was both the magical. Oh, was, yeah, I suppose that's true. I think, I think in the Gunslinger Chronicles, we learned that I think there was a change of government in Kadim. There was like a first council and then a second council and the first council was the one that created the doppelgangers and the second council created the forged so maybe right. there was maybe even some sort of coup and they decided the doppelgangers weren't enough well the doppelgangers uh again who was it who was it? i don't remember their name but one of the masters is huh doppelgangers only live doppelgangers only live about 38 years the war was 10 years ago I think it was twenty. It ended twenty-five years ago. Yeah, that's that's closer. I thought it was twenty-five or thirty. Doppelgangers don't live to see their fortieth birthday. That doesn't say anything. Like that just means that maybe the doppelganger gunslinger master is on his last legs, or he had to have a replacement. That kind of sounds like all the doppelgangers are on their last legs. That's sad. Well, they can have kids. They they can reproduce. There were uh, when. Uh, the OG World Walkers visited Cosnick. There were doppelganger children there. Mm, that's true. Yeah. But, you know, just kind of the whole idea of having masters been switched out, because one of them might have been just a name change. Yeah, that's true. That's the one big question that the Gunslinger Chronicle left. What, what's up with uh, that master? Yeah. Yeah, where's Isong? Yeah, he doesn't really fit in with the rest of the lore that came out. So what's his story? How did he get it from that super soldier? You'd have to find Sabin and ask. I think Sabin was the only character that played under Isom. How do we want to wrap this up? I don't know. What do you mean? You want a clever outro? A clever outro would be amazing, but I think we can figure that out later. Just how do we, uh, can we tie in what we've all uh, talked about? In- well, I Honestly, I don't know if we've really come to any sort of conclusions. It seems like... If anything, we've only raised more questions. I mean, we found some interesting theories that I don't think were on the table before, like the gnomes being on Innovasa or 
the gnomes being the doppelgangers. <laughs> yeah, the gnomes being doppelgangers would be cool. I think that's my new favorite theory. That's really good. I don't know how I don't know how possible it is, but that's really fun. Not very, but I really no. like it. But I also like the idea that maybe the gnomes on Cog are a different group of gnomes on a different world. So I they're also actually, like them all just being invisible. Them all just being invisible. <laughs> just silently judging the rest of the world. Hmm. Mm. Standing over one of the dwarf's shoulders and like, you know, if, if you just do this, I'm like, hmm. wonder if Pedro's going to come back and listen to this and pick up the ideas like, ooh, I really like the invisible gnomes. People are going to start tripping over nothing now. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would do that, but I don't think... He would do it as a joke. I don't think he would actually mess with his lore. I don't know who. How would we ever know the difference? That's true. We would actually have to have a character that would just like stumble upon a gnome and grab him. I just remembered Pedro saying at some point that he doesn't think what happened with the gnomes is as hard to find out as people make it out to be. It's not. Ooh. Well, I think we just have to form a party of people to <laughs> specifically search out the gnomes. A bunch yeah. of bookish types who want to go. Like Indiana Jones, they want to go on an archaeological dig and figure out what happened to all the gnomes. Oh, that kills me because I know where a good place to start is, but you're not going to like it. Are you going to say Carmack or Pasmos? We're going to have to go to a farm. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I didn't say I had to play the game. I just thought this was the best <laughs> way to approach it. Hey, we are the ones currently at a farm, and James is familiar, got... Killed, or at least almost killed, by a land His shark. familiar flew into the bullet's mouth. <laughs> I survived that adventure once. I'm not doing it again. If this does end up getting into somebody's ear, uh, thank you for uh, listening. Uh, this was weird. <laughs> As conspiracy theories usually are, it was weird. Uh, next time we'll tell you how to make a tinfoil hat. Ooh. So uh, you don't have to worry about, uh, what are they called? There are these bugs on Menroth in the desert near Bashdok that kind of take control of people. They're telepath and telekinetic. Oh, the Thrycreen. Oh, those guys. Those guys, yeah. Yeah, they're the worst. Or some of the worst. <laughs> and we let them get away. Things happen. One thing you'll have to, you just gotta, you have to accept that you're never, you're never going to stop them all. I can accept that. I just wish I could do a little better, a little more. Man, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> I wish I could tell you how many failed campaigns I've been part of, but all I can tell I, I could actually probably tell you more accurately how many successful campaigns I've been in, and that is a very few. I think my most su successful campaign was probably playing with the Funks the first time around. But that doesn't mean bad things didn't happen. We all died at least once. <laughs> it, it just so happened that we were all able to be resurrected. And uh, that's why it was successful is because we got to a point where everyone was alive and we were out of trouble. Oh, good. That does raise a question on my part because uh, on Rolanus, oh, we got to explore some of what happens when people resurrect. Um, and... My character in particular lost his connection to Sanctuary. The next time he died, he he was never a part of the worlds. Wow. Uh, it's not good to die and be brought back anywhere, it seems. Unless it's like Revivify, something you can take care of before you finish that. Well, it may work different with actual magical spells. 
but at least in our case, when we were dying and being resurrected, it was all through the use of phoenix feathers, which is why Abs has the baby with him. The baby was actually Frankie's character. But didn't <laughs> Sally May also die? Yep. She just came back really quickly. Saruta died and uh, was buried. And when we got the phoenix feathers, we went back and exhumed the body and used the phoenix feather. And he was reborn rather than being resurrected. I guess just throwing this out there, what are the odds that all of the gnomes just collectively used Kool-Aid to get to Sanctuary? Do either of you have any last comments, remarks? Well, I can tell you that I felt very much out of my league. You guys are, are way deeper in the lore than I am, and it makes me feel kind of bad. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to this awesome, crazy episode of World Walkers, the History Keepers. If you want more, let us know. I think that Kolobi and I think that Data did an amazing job and hit our Discord, hit them up, let them know that uh, they're not off the hook. They make something awesome. They got to keep going with it. I thought this was amazing. Thank you to everyone involved. Thanks to the musicians that allowed their work to be used. And I hope we get more of this. Um, So let's put the pressure on them. This was badass. Thanks again. I feel like I was in my early 20s when I started playing him. So I've I've had him for uh, probably close to 20 years. He's the reason that a lot of the rules that you guys have to suffer through are in place. Oh, like what? Uh, it's why we're not allowed to do called shots too much. Uh, we used called shots very much to our advantage uh, to the point where it was uh, oh, it was cruel and unusual. It's not that it wasn't smart tactics, but it was cruel and unusual. Oh. And uh, then Pedro used called shots to his advantage and in two quick sword strokes totally wrecked our party.